What's up, guys? All right, so new format today. Um, I got a new Adobe Suite. Uh, like I like the Sparks thing; it's pretty cool. Um, so this will be the new format until we change it again. Um, much better than Evernote, in my opinion. Um, so, all right, so today we're going to talk about a bunch of stuff. We're going to talk about how shitty the market's been, with how red it's been. Um, we're going to we're going to talk about. Uh, what can we expect going forward? You know, lots of news came out over the weekend about, you know, house passing stimulus. Uh, we're going to talk about Lucid Motors and that fiasco. Uh, we're going to talk uh, a SPAC sale. I think uh, I think SPACs really died out this week and that there's a lot of really good opportunities this week. And then uh, my, my watch list going into March. Um, so if anyone has any questions before we get going, I'm going to get going. All right. So on Tuesday, we had uh, Chairman Powell talk. Um, he talked to, in front of the Senate, the Congress, um, about um, about inflation, about uh, stimulus. Actually, he said he wasn't going to talk about stimulus. He, he um, wouldn't comment if it was a good idea or not. Um, but uh, ultimately, he said the va- people getting vaccinated is the key to recovery. Uh, we finally eclipsed 5 million vaccinated here in the U.S., so we got a long-ass way to go. Um, got some good news with Johnson & Johnson this over the weekend. They uh, announced a one-shot vaccine. I believe it has like a 73% take rate, which isn't bad. Not as good as Pfizer or Moderna's 90, high 90%, but that's the two doses and all that good stuff. Um, so I'm not going to read this to you, but... Uh, it's for you guys to watch to go back over and offline. Um, so, but the basic the basicness of the the talks were you know or or this red market is you know how we talked about the treasury notes before um, how we're seeing the the yield curve um, dip down again and we're getting really low. We got really low interest rates. I mean, they're the lowest they've been ever. I mean, 20, 30 years. Um, so. Uh, can we expect uh, the interest rates to go back up a little bit? Uh, yeah, I think they will eventually. Uh, but Powell made note of you know that they're pretty locked in right now until 2022. Um, so uh, something to think about in the near future. But um, I think what we need to get through here as a market as a whole is you know, stimulus will be nice. Um, the uh, just the redness of the market. I think we'll re- rebound with uh, Johnson and Johnson, and I think that they'll rebound a little bit with um, a stimulus pass. Which uh, they did talk about over the weekend. They did talk about it was like fourteen days until until uh, they wanted to get it on Biden's desk. And March fourteenth is the set date that they wanted to have that on his desk. So we got a little bit of time. Um, are we going to see you know bigger dips um, come Monday morning? Um, I don't know. I really don't, and I can't predict that. But um, I'm, I will go over spy here in a little bit and kind of see what I'm seeing. Um, but the two pieces of news, you know, of Johnson and Johnson um, and uh, stimulus getting passed through the house will definitely help sentiment in the market and give people a little bit more um, certainty or comfort, I guess you could say. Um, so. I just wanted to, to you know talk about this. If anyone's got any comments on this, um, I think 
I think we are in some pretty nerve wracking times. I mean, the last two weeks we've seen a lot of red. I've seen a lot of gains personally go away, um, but I'm still holding tight just because I, th- I don't, th- I don't think they're going to let it go. Um, uh, will we see uh, a retest of current support of around the three eighty three seventy eight mark is what I have it at. Um, possibly. Um, um, but are we uh, ultimately playing to uh, what's the word I want to look for? The is this going to be ultimately a a band aid um, of a much bigger issue that we're going to have to face here in the near future? Um, I mean, are we going to go to four ten, four twenty? You know, blaze it, but. Uh, uh, and then see a bigger correction, you know, back down to 380 again. Um, it's just uh, a lot of it's up in the air. Um, and we're starting to see these small growth companies, you know, um, suffer from this. I mean, interest rates correlates directly and in, involved with that. I mean, uh, having a higher interest rates make opens up other avenues of investments, you know, real estate and commodities and just other things. Um, so we might see a little bit of a taper on small growth companies because they have been, you know, going crazy lately. Um, this is, you know, we're still in the midst of a pandemic. We're still hurting as a, as a world and our stock market is doing the best it's ever been. Um, one of these things is not like the other, I guess the, is what I would comment on. Um, so, uh, Monday's going to be a really interesting day. Um, I think we get a green day just because we need one. Um, just with the, the little bit of news that we did get, um, Paula did downplay or down, down talk the inflation, um, rumors. I mean, a lot of people are worried about hyperinflation, and the and the case study to really talk about hyperinflation is Germany. Um, so, um, I we could probably work on that in future episodes. But uh, I'm just gonna talk about this stuff. Um, let's see. Um, oh, this isn't what I wanted. See, this is what happens when you don't do a trial run. Uh, when you're trying to record something, you just mess it all up. It's all good. Um, so. Uh, one thing I do want to talk about is um, just because we're in a red market doesn't mean we can't make money. Um, and what I did this week um, that made me some pretty good money. Um, so we talked about buying and co- writing covered calls uh, a couple weeks ago. Um, I believe a few people had some insight on that, but I actually did it this week actually for the first time. I don't know why I've never done it before because it is a very, very awesome thing um, that you can do. Um, when you own shares to collect premium and buy bottoms, you know, take profit and amongst other things. Um, so basically I'll run it down what I did. Um, just as an example, I think it was a really um, strong move for me. Um, I had, you know, around, f- I think I have 500 shares of FRSX going into the week. I'm long-term bullish on this company. I think the autonomous factor, the, the AI that they have, the, um, the, cash on hand is pretty good. Um, and they're just one of those disruptors. And we talk about disruptive companies all the time. So I wasn't sure come Monday morning, um, what the price was going to do. I really didn't. Um, I knew we had a bunch of red coming. Um, and I also realized I didn't have enough FRSX. I really wanted to load up, uh, just because, uh, with the shelf offering and amongst other things, um, they have a very bullish outlook. So 
I decided I wanted to buy to write covered calls. And so um, I spent, you know, 8,500 bucks on a thousand shares. Um, but I wasn't sure if this was going to be the bottom. So uh, when I bought the, pre- or when I sold the calls, I collected $1,500 in premium, um, which was kind of cool to actually get money like that. And um, I was able to then wait a couple of days and when it was in like the six eighties or something like that, I ended up buying with that premium. Um, so you could see on the screen, it, this is, I, I bought a, a 1206 shares. Um, and if you take the premium out of it, I bought it for the original price, which av- my, made my average price $7 and three cents. Um, so, uh, the only downside to this is if, you know, the market does pick back up and say it goes to like $14, $15 and someone wants to exercise those those option calls. And then I'd have to sell them, you know, at $10, which would be a bummer. But, you know, I still made oh, $1,500 plus the premium and I still have 206 free shares um, that I could ride out. Uh, I think I don't think enough people talk about this. Um, I, I know it kind of sounds a little, you know. Um, advanced, but I really don't think it is. I think it's very basic. Um, and I think that we as a group need to do a better job of, you know, for, for our pers- personally, for our portfolios to see all these other um, trading philosophies or trading fundamentals. Cause you know, everyone on Twitter and everyone, you know, out on, out in social media talks about, you know, naked calls, you know, people are always buying and losing money on calls. It's the biggest gamble there is out there, but why don't we sell contracts? Cause that's what we're doing. We're selling them those contracts. And so when those expire to nothing, you know, yeah, we didn't make crazy money, but we made some money in a stagnant market. Um, so I, I think the three best times to really use that is going to be, um, entering when you're not sure. Cause you know, if we're not sure that the price is going to go up from the minute we hit buy, it gives us an opportunity to get shares at a lower rate. Um, so taking profit is another one. Um, when the vitality is really high, option prices are, you know, ballooned and not necessarily correlated with, you know, the VIX like we've talked about, but when they're just correlated, you know, when it's running like crazy, selling covered calls, you know, close to in the money or, you know, even farther out, the, the we can take advantage of the premium being higher and, and the dips and everything. And we can keep all the same shares that we had so we can slowly accumulate. And so that they, I think that's something that I'm going to be personally doing with ideonomics more and, and, and foresight because they both ha- have options, but you know, my other two longs of Sonom's technology and, um, and, uh, but, 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 yeah, Ely's or, um, Ellis, um, they, they don't have options yet. So I can't do that on there. I just got to stand, you know, where I am. Uh, so taking profits, you know, when it's in a red market, red market, you know, when you don't want to give up a position, you don't, you haven't held it for 30 days. Um, so you can't sell at a loss unless you want to have a wash sale, which, you know, uh, will only hurt you. Um, cause I think we all change stocks way too quick, um, myself included. Um, and then, uh, we can also use it when you see GameStop go off and that the VIX goes like crazy. Um, so we can just take advantage of ballooned premium prices. You know, we, you can 
you can buy, you can sell really far out of the money ones. If you're like afraid that maybe it will take off and, you know, exercise, um, at your call price. Um, or you can just, you know, you can just sell ones that will probably never, you know, get, uh, in the money, you know, in, in this month time frame. Um, I, I was thinking there's other applications of it in companies that you're really bullish on. Um, like for instance, I'm really bullish on Liquidia technologies and what they're doing, but they've been chilling around $3 for, for months, you know, up and down, up and down. They've had a lawsuit, but at the end of the day, they do nanotechnology for, um, making drugs. Like, uh, they, when they test out their, their, um, their drugs, they, they test better than, um, because of the how how a cell absorbs it, um, they take already approved drugs and you know use their system to make them better, basically. Um, but I don't see a lot of movement um, in the next couple of months out of them, just because we are waiting for the courts and we are waiting for um, their other pipeline drugs to to go through. So it's probably just going to sit around here. And why not buy to call or buy to write covered calls and take a little bit of that premium back, have them pay you to buy these shares essentially, and then buy them, buy more, you know, buy something else. Um, Cause I was looking, um, I think it's really, it's really been um, the, how do I want to word this? The, the way I think a lot of traders are, you know, taught via learning for, um, or observing through other Twitter traders and stuff like that is to not hold. And just for, for an example, beam technologies, right? They're a solar EV play. They, they basically connect EV chargers to solar to basically uh, give away free energy. Yeah. Pretty cool business model. They've been as high as 71 and they're currently like 40. Um, but I own them at 13. Um, I owned a thousand shares at 13 and I ended up, you know, selling for a modest gain. You know, I don't think it was a hundred percent, but it was probably, you know, like 60, 70% I'd have to look, uh, but just looking at the covered calls that I could have sold this week, I could have made about 10% of what that was worth. I could have made five grand, you know, essentially, you know, that could have paid for another swing opportunity that could have paid for a lot of different things. And I think holding these, you know, uh, like ideonomics, like it's $3 right now. I have like 35,000 shares altogether. And if they do end up making it to 15 to $20 or, you know, 40, $50, like I do, uh, I, I, I think they will, you know, this year, next year, you know, just imagine the uh, side income you can get from, selling covered calls um, you get about you know seven to ten percent uh, on the month depending on when when you you know sell them on your total holding I mean that's that's good money you have to you have to pay taxes on that income but you know it, it just gives you more fuel to buy more shares pay yourself buy something nice um, it's just it's just a good practice, I think. And I'm going to continue to talk about, you know, what I do in this. And I hope that people uh, start to, you know, not necessarily follow, but, you know, start to look into it more and see how, how, how 
good of a money opportunity this is. I mean, we're all trying to hit home runs, but why don't we just get doubles over and over and over again? I mean, slow, consistent gains in, in our portfolios add up over time. And so um, I just wanted to share this uh, trading experience with you just because this was, you know, it was a light clicked on for me, you know, um, and I don't know why I haven't been doing it sooner. So if anyone's got any questions about this or doesn't understand. Yeah, Rick. Yeah, go for it, man. I wanted to mention, I I was a part of a server around this time last year, and that's exactly what they were doing. Um, they were going into insurance companies and uh, selling these covered calls. Um, it's really interesting. And like you said, it, it you described it exactly how he, uh, the owner of the other server did. And um, it's, it's not about getting the uh, 100% gains. It's about getting the 7% gain over and over and over again. Right. I mean, if you take $2,500 and you make 2% every day or every trading day that you have, you make over a million dollars compounding adds up over time. And I, th- I just, I just think um, a lot of us are edu- uneducated. So, so, so am I, you know, like I'm, I, I've dedicated myself to, to learning this practice and, you know, um, learning something new every day. And this is, seems, seems like uh, too easy. I mean, what's the worst that's going to happen? You know, the, the market crashes, you can still sell your shares. And then yeah. You can, go ahead. But they would, um, the, the risky thing about that is you, will end up, you might end up having to, in a freak situation, if you take too much risk, you might have to buy, I think, 100 of those shares. You're like forced to buy them. Um, I mean, if you, if you run a covered call, no, because you own the shares. But if they want to exercise that contract and you don't have it, then you are forced to buy. So those are like selling naked call options. This is a covered call. Covered call is like you have the equity. You you have the you have the stuff they want. They you have the shares. Um but you can sell naked ones as well. Right? You're just pretty not, much it, it, oh, not bad. No, I'm just gonna say is that the difference or you should say like uh, you're just kind of Pimping out the shares you already own. Yeah, exactly. I already have, you know, equity, and I and I've realized that at the end of the day, I do better buying and selling equity than I do options. I mean, I'm not terrible at options. I have a pretty decent win record, but it's never like parabolic. Like I've I've only been on so many one thousand percent runners, and that doesn't happen very often. It's probably been a couple months since I've made a thousand percent on an options contract. But you know, to to be able to get eight percent of my equity holdings every month or you know even larger if you want to go further out um and just sell these options to people and the worst you set your profits you know and i and i read around and there's not a specific percentage that uh, people get you know like um exercise rates like but from what i've gathered and from people i've talked to like maybe like five to ten percent of the time will they ever exercise these shares and so even if it does go in the money they'll still just sell the contract and it'll expire worthless so for instance my frsx calls they could finish march 19th at 12 dollars, and unless someone has twelve thousand dollars to exercise this contract 
which a lot of people who play na- naked options, I don't think have that money. Um, especially if you go into like, if you did it, like say with Neo, you know, who's got, if I had a thousand shares of Neo at 50, I mean, who's got $50,000 to buy, you know, a thousand shares when, you know, it's finished $3 in the money. I mean, they made $3 a profit. I mean, it's not, you know, that's not that, that good of a deal for them. So, um, there's a lot of times where you just retain them anyways. And the mass majority of the time you retain them. I think a lot of people, including myself, was scared of like, oh, what if it, I don't want to lose these shares if it goes to 12, but there's still like a majority chance that they won't get called away. It doesn't happen all the time like that, but it's still, you know, everyone says, you know, everything I've read says it's, it's not very, it's very rare. So that makes it even more of a better option than naked call options. I mean, selling them. Yeah, any- I agree. I, I agree with that. Uh, it is the safer route. And again, I think another big point is just separating ourselves from these Twitter uh, traders. That's like, we'll just take another step and try something new, learn something new, learn how the game's truly played. Absolutely. Um, and that's that's something that uh, you know, being contrarian, you know, like how you say, like be there before the money, you know, uh, don't don't follow hype, don't FOMO, um, do your own DD research, these things, and that goes for trading as well, like learning different things. Like there's also cash secured puts, which is just the same thing. You're just saying the opposite of a covered call is you know you you have to use cash for these, but like you're saying that. I don't think it's going to get below this price and it could be way out of the money and you can do it for, you know, months at a time and you'll collect that premium right off the bat, but you have to have, you know, a margin account and, um, obviously it can go bad, but, um, it's uh, just another, you know, another hedge against your, your position possibly, or just another opportunity to, to collect premium or, you know, make some side income while you're waiting for a green, green day, a green market. Um, and we could talk about cash secure puts, you know, once I see an opportunity and I, and I do one, you know, I'll, I'll do the same thing I did with here and kind of try to explain it and how, how I did it and why I did it, you know, the rationality behind it. Um, and yeah, and just leave it open to questions for anyone, or if people want to do like a like a, a, a talk about it, because um, like I know last time I talked about like the Delta, the Greeks, and you know that's all fine and dandy, but until um, you see a real life situation on why I did something or somebody did something, it's a uh, it's different, I guess. Uh, for me, it is. It's how I learn better. So, um, anyone have any comments on this before I move on? Yeah, I had a question about uh, the cash secured puts. Let's do it. So, like, if you're if you're selling uh, puts in a some, like something you want to own, like, is there any other downside? Because like, the only other downside is that collaterals that you put out there, you're gonna have to have to, to use it and buy those shares. But if you want more shares of that company, like, are there any other downside risks in cash secured puts? I I don't really think so. Other than having to like lock up your capital because it's it's off a margin account, so. Um... You have to leverage what you have, you know. I thought if you just have, I thought if you just had buying power, you could do it because I'm doing it on a cash account on Weeble. Are you okay? Well, yeah. well, I, I guess I have a margin account on TD. So when I was like going through it, I guess it's a little bit different. But I guess I'll look into that. Um, but I think during the duration of that 
um, contract you have to have that secured. Like you can't yeah, go. They, they lock up the, like the cash. Yeah. Right. So unlike uh, call, if you have you know shares, you can I can sell my shares, but I'm still on the hook for the contract regardless. Um, so I think a lot of that goes into when you write it as well. Um, but with a cash account, which I don't have, um, I would I would have to look into that. That's a good question. I have like a follow up on that. Absolutely. I, I recently just did that, but like, am I able to can, to close it? Can I just buy the puts back and then yes, get I also get my collateral back. Yes, you will. You can still you can still buy it back. So you would just go in the opposite side and and like how you sold the puts. This time you just buy them, and then they should get they should take right off your account because it says a little negative whatever on your account, right? Oh, okay, yeah. So it's like it's kind of the same thing as like covered, like the, the covered calls, just in the opposite way. Yeah, it's the inverse. Wow. Okay. No, that's that's pretty cool then, because I didn't realize you could just buy it back to close if like it runs up or something. Yeah, I, it it is really cool. Um, and I I thought about doing that with FRSX because it did fall like crazy. It went down to like six fifty at some point, and I was like, well, I could buy more shares or I could buy these contracts out for like 54 cents or something like that. And so, you know, 500 bucks and I still would have made a thousand dollars and I wouldn't have to worry about those, those contracts. Um, but I held them. I just bought all shares. So, you know, we'll see how that works out for me. You know, I think, uh, I think good. You know, I, I don't see FRSX, you know, going to 20 or $15, you know, before march 19th so i think i'll be okay but if i mean worst case scenario i made i made 1500 bucks on my original purchase and i have a 206 free shares that i get to you know get to play with right gotcha yeah okay so all right well now that we did this let's talk about spy um the fear and greed index which is on cnn money um, is, is a, it's a daily bookmark that I check probably three, four times a day, especially during like this, this kind of market when we're not sure. Um, right now it's showing as neutral, um, but there's a lot of greed going on and there's a lot of fear going on. So it kind of cancels each other out. So like, um, I think the call to puts options in extreme fear right now, cause it is just flat it's dead um people really don't know what's happening i mean like i said earlier with you know the we're in the middle of a pandemic are we going to get crazy inflation are we you know what's going on in the bond market what's you know vaccines stimulus there's just so many question marks right now and that has kind of laid um a lot of uncertainty with investors and that's why we've seen such a bad pullback, in my opinion. Um, but if you look at this chart, and I use, um, I charted this myself by with a a couple of indicating tools, and I also used um, Tickeron, which is a an AI trading bot um, that's really cool. It's super expensive to get the premium version, but it gives a lot of, enough free stuff. Um, and they had the um, resistance at 70, uh, 78.69 as the highest resistance level, which looked 
checked out all right um, based on what I saw, based on you know dif- different indicators that I used and who I talked to, because um, that's that's another option is you know talking to your friends um, and people you trust, and um, so we're we're right on that highest resistance line. I mean, I think we closed right below. 390 on the in the after hours or 380 excuse me in the after hours um i someone could confirm me on that with me but um i'm pretty sure uh so the next level though is bad you know the next support line is in 368 so that that's a that's a doozy of a fall and um i don't want to see that um, I don't know what that's going to look like on my portfolio if that happens. Um, but I don't think this is like a crash. Like, I don't think that this is going to be like COVID where, you know, things go, go down to 320 or, you know, I, I would have to do the retractments to see what that number would be, you know, based on TA charting. Um, but, you know, Bull Trends, who's a, someone I, I really talk to and, and blame me over at King Street, I talked to quite a bit. Um, they both, but they both see this as a hiccup. They both think that we're, we're still headed towards the 400. Um, and that Bull Trends has got a 440 PT of spy. Um, and I think, uh, I don't remember what Blamey's was. Um, so I think this is, uh, just a, a step back to a step, two steps forward, hopefully. Um, but, uh, like I said earlier, um, on Twitter, I, I, I think that this is going to be um, just a band-aid. I think uh, stimulus is going to catapult us up if that gets if that gets passed. Um, but I still think an overflated market still needs to take a good, precise correction. Um, a lot of people are saying March or April. Some people are saying the summer. Um, I don't know when it's going to be. I mean, I'm still you know looking and researching. And it's kind of a day-to-day thing based on, you know, where rates go on a day-to-day basis. Um, can't forecast that, I guess. Um, so I'm buying. I'm holding and I'm buying personally. Um, but I am making mental stop losses on things that I have held over 30 days that I am bullish on. Um, that I am, you know, I have profits on like my ideonomic shares under a dollar. I do have a price in my head that like, if it goes below this, I'm going to sell and buy the bottom, um, which it's like 242 is, I think is the, the arbitrary number I use. So if it gets to $242 or $2 and 42 cents, I will probably sell because I think that it'll go below two. Um, it's just good to have a backup plan. I don't think it's going to happen. I don't want it to happen, but it's good to have a backup plan. So, um, I, I, uh, I attached the fear to greed, um, link here. And I also have some additional reads. Um, it actually talks, uh, we're talking about Bitcoin as well. Um, Bitcoin is taking a setback as well. Um, after we saw, you know, Tesla and a few other companies, you know, buy, um, there's a lot of, um, stink with that as well and i and i think that just kind of correlates to this market almost um i know they're they don't correlate at all but i think that it's just um the the air of the investment world i guess you could say um uh but uh grayscale which is the hedge fund that bought 20 billion dollars worth of bitcoin um is not having the best results um but it's a, it's a good read um, for those who are invested in Bitcoin, and which I don't think there's too many people in here that are. Um, it's uh, buy the dip, you know, 
if Bitcoin, if Bitcoin dips, I'm I'm long term bullish on, on Bitcoin. So you know, maybe I'll actually get in there and actually buy some. Um, same with Ethereum. So yeah, that's just the. That's, anyone have any questions, comments, concerns about the market, or any just random ass questions they want to ask? I want to mention uh, my Bitcoin price target for this dip. I think it's going to yes. go down and rebound off of forty thousand. Um, just based on the chart and where the support's lying. Uh, I just don't see any catalyst as to why uh, Bitcoin would be dipping um, unless somebody has some insider information of Grayscale maybe selling their positions, which makes no sense. And no, and, they, they're not. They, they have all those exactly. options yeah. set up. And no, I think they're, 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 they're here to stay. Um, and I also wanted to mention, too, uh, somebody that people suspect, Kathy Wood, of... Uh, buying 200,000 shares of Tesla Friday. And um, that's an investment in Bitcoin in my eyes too. She did. No, she, she did. I think it was like 243,000 shares of Bitcoin, like, uh, or not Bitcoin, but uh, Tesla. I, I think that's what the number was. Like the, she, she, she dropped some cash on, on Tesla, which just reaffirms how bullish she is on the company. Mm-hmm. And like, like I said, since Tesla used 6% of their cash flow to, uh, invest in Bitcoin, like that's an, like that investment sort of an, another investment in the Bitcoin. So if you you would be betting against Kathy Wood if you were to think uh, we're gonna keep going down. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if we retrace down to twenty thousand. Um, we have never traded sideways at any of the levels uh, that we've hit for Bitcoin since uh, the nineteen thousand levels, and so. Um, that's just always a target that I have drawn on my charts, but I don't suspect it to go down there. But it's um, not out of the question, though. I mean, if Bitcoin drops to twenty thousand, I might have to buy a few. I mean, just 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 saying. Like, I'm long term bullish on this. Like, I really do think that Bitcoin will reach a hundred k at some point. Oh um, I, I do think they are the gold of the of the digital currencies, and I do believe that. Um, that a lot more companies are going to start using uh, Bitcoin as a as a as a commodity as a source of you know where they put their asset or their money you know like um, Kathy Wood said she's like the self fulfilling prophecy like she's a prophet like she said that Tesla's going to this they went to that I mean um, she she's on the forefront of a lot of things and uh, her comments on you know what's going on right now in the market are pretty interesting but she's still buying. So, I mean, at the end of the day, she's still buying. I'm still buying. Um, I think uh, she's almost like an insider buyer. Like you can, you can just follow her, her buying and seeing other uh, institutions or retail following her lead. Um, and right now, they're the hot, they're the hot hand. I mean, uh, they're all of their ETFs have been doing pretty well. I even found a new one that I really like. It's uh, it's an Israeli. Um, electronics one so like um, re-automotive which i will mention in a little bit is in it and um, foresight's in it um, part of intel's in it because they have mobile eye and so they just there's a lot of really amazing ai companies coming out of israel i don't know why israel um, but they haven't uh, arc started their own etf for just israeli tech companies and like that's something that really interests me just because i have researched a lot of these companies um, so I'm uh, big time on what Kathy's got to say. And if she thinks it's going to, if we're long on this market, then 
I'm long too. Hey, look, Gator showed up. What's up, buddy? Gator don't play no shit. No, he's not. He's just listening. Come on, Gator. There oh, he is. No, I'm here, boys. Come on, I'm here. <laughs> What's up, buddy? Yeah, I, I do see you, Hawk. I do. I do see you as well. I was gonna go to you next, buddy. How you doing? I'm good, man. I'm good. I, uh, you know, just trying to sort out this new computer and get this new format going, and you know, uh, getting better every day, getting better every week. I like it, man. Yeah, with the Bitcoin stuff, I just, you know, it, it's run really hot. So it's just to me, it's a little bit of froth off the top. I, I had a floor of around forty thousand five hundred to forty two, and a bounce up, you know, back up to maybe sixty five to seventy one. Next leg up. So I, I think, just think it's, you know, it things things need to cool off. Nothing goes straight up, and it's true. Um, it's going to bounce back. I, I'm really bullish on it still. So I, I got a question for you. I, I was, so would you say that there's more market confidence in Bitcoin? than there is the actual stock market right now? Uh, I would say right now, uh, yeah. But I think that thing, it's turning right now with, you know, the vaccinations and the, uh, you know, the stimulus check. I think last week was tough. But like I said, everything needs to get a little froth off the top. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm bullish on Bitcoin. I'm bullish on the market. We're still in a bull trend. So I like both still. Um, that's a tough question for me, though. Yeah, I, I just feel like that. I'm in a little bit of both, right? So yeah, I have a little bit of Bitcoin. I have Bitcoin sentiment plays that some miners, um, but I also played Nasdaq and OTC. So, um, but I, I really like your discussion on covered calls and stuff. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. I, I just don't think yeah, enough people talk about it. I don't think enough people no, talk about it. Smart, smart play. Um, and a lot of people right now, a lot of new traders are looking for that you know, thousand percent runner, like you're talking about, right? Um, it, you're not always going to get that. And I think you need to come down to earth a little bit and look at daily gains in the two to 5%, like you're talking about, and right? Consider that a home run, right? Come back to reality. <laughs> We're not beating small the market. Gains, small gains over a long period of time are home runs guys. That's something uh, to consider. Absolutely. I agree. 110%. I mean, we're not out here trying to beat the market we're not trying to beat wall street they you know they're gonna beat us like but we can we have certain flexibility and different things we can do with our own money to you know at the end of the day make more money um for ourselves than we would if we went to a financial advisor but you know these guys are pros you know and so to take a, a look at what they're doing and you know following following along you know trying to get as many resources as we can off them um, there's a, there's a guy who used to work in wall street. Who's a, like now a cre content creator that I, I've met through TikTok of all places. Um, <clears throat> I'm actually gonna, I'm working on getting a date set up with him to come in here and, and his, uh, TikTok is like ask a hedge fund manager and uh, super intelligent guy. Like uh, the amount of data and just information he gives is just amazing. And I think he would also be a really cool Q and a where like we can just throw questions at him of like what it really is what is it like to be on wall street and you know what um how far off are we you know like how bad how dumb are we like are we are we just dumb or like you know or are we actually like on the right track when it comes to what we're doing here um so uh, well, i think a lot of us are dumb you know that we jumped into the market some of us uh you know late november 
early January when everything you could throw a dart at a ticker and it would it would fly right so oh that was what it was like in April people's perceptions are a little bit off you know they jumped in and everything's green and then we have a red week a red week and a half and everyone freaks out right they're like I'm out you know and everyone bails and jumps on these uh, meme stocks and everything like that so I mean you're gonna get to a point when the market normalizes a little bit and you have to be complacent with those small gains over a long period of time. That's the game plan guys. Right. And if we do get a slow market, I mean, that's exactly what uh, like iron condors and, you know, stuff like that, which is like more of an advanced option move that, you know, maybe we'll try, we'll try, we'll try to talk about, but it's like, it's kind of advanced. It's like buying and selling a call and holding shares and, it's way too complicated just to talk to over live stream. Um, but maybe, I, maybe, I can, maybe I can make a good example. Maybe do one and show you how I did. Uh, cause th- I mean, there are, there are ways to make money in a stagnant market. As long as you hold equity, you carry a little, very little risk. Um, but you can still make income. So, uh, yeah, I, th- I think I jumped on a couple of weeks back and was like, you know, I, I was, a more risky trader a couple weeks back because the market provided that opportunity for me. And then, you know, over this last couple of weeks, I've scaled it in a little bit and that's great. You know, taking more cash and, um, you know, been really more strategic about my plays. So you have to play the market as it gives itself to you, as it provides itself to you, you know, you have to change your strategies as the market changes in my opinion. So that's what I've done. You know, and yeah, it's worked out. Yeah, like myself. this week, you know, um, calls and stuff like that just as hedges. So, yeah, um, I agree 100%. And that's why I scaled back all my swings. Like, I, I still have one outstanding swing, and that's alternate systems. And I'm going to hold it. I'm just going to bag hold it. I haven't bag holded something in a while. So, if it has, to, it'll take a couple months. It'll take a couple months. Um, but uh, yeah, I scaled back to all longs, and I was gonna play some some VIX calls on the UX, um, but uh, I was too late when I thought of that. I was like, "Ooh, I should do that," and then they already ran like six hundred percent. So I was like, "Yeah, I'm not gonna jump in." Uh, so um, maybe this week we'll get another opportunity. Um, I'm not sure. I, 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 Hawk, what do you think about this week coming forward? Uh, I'm I'm bullish. I You're think bullish? It's still be, I'm bullish. I think it's going to be still volatile um, for sure. But I think if you find the right place, you're going to be able to hit it, um, right? I, it's going to be another volatile week, guys. I, I just I I just feel it, you know, with um, the ten year rates and all that stuff. Um, there's some bombing in Syria going on, so oil might slightly still be bullish. Um, but I'm still kind of playing not the all-in type of perspective. I'm being more conservative about my plays right now. So uh, it's still a volatile environment. Yeah, I think we get a rebound week. I I, th- I do. I think we're gonna. I think we're gonna see some good gains, but I don't think we're gonna see crazy gains. Um, uh, hopefully, it's not just a a bull trap like we got. I think it was end of day Thursday where everything went up like five six percent in the after hours, and then just dumped on us again in the morning. That, that's always fun. Um, 
I have a generally yeah, I, you know, market good market right now, you know, it it offers a lot of good discounts, guys, on a lot of premium premium stocks. And I'll, I'm happy to put some of my opinion out there on some blue chip undervalued stuff. Absolutely. Um, you know, that's why a couple of weeks back, you know, I think we all were killing it. I scaled back and went a lot to the cash and I was expecting a pullback. And uh, right now is a great time for value buys, I think, you know, and just scale into them, right? You know, you might get into it, it might go down, uh, scale into it again, right? Absolutely. And you can, no better way to scale in than with buying the right covered calls. <laughs> Absolutely. um yeah actually i wanted to talk about like SPACs that were on sale um in the next little piece but i wanted to touch on ccIV and the debacle that that was this week i'm sure gata's got some some comments about that what was that yeah i mean ccIV is just um I mean, if if you didn't buy in around ten bucks, I, I mean, you're kind of just uh, kind of fucked for about five years. <laughs> I don't know about that, but I don't know about five years. I I do think that CCIV will be an overweight for its entire entire like existence. Yeah, I mean, you and me talked about. It. I mean, long term, there's no way you can't be bullish on it. I, I mean, realistically, everything about it is fucking pretty solid i mean short term right now i mean i pray for the people that bought calls at like 60 and 80 bucks or you bought around 60 but i mean this that's just one of those stocks that you're just gonna have to hold on to and just bury deep in your portfolio and not look at for a bit but i don't see you anybody taking a like a a loss on that long term in any way i mean again we could go back to covered calls you could just hold and sell covered calls Uh, but 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 all in all seriousness like yeah i i agree um there's nothing there's nothing you can say that's really bad about lucid i mean you you could say that oh they only offer one car okay that's fine but they have more in the pipeline um they you know they're not tesla and you're right they're not tesla they I i love this slide and the reason i brought it up innovative but not luxury tesla <laughs> so such a good little troll that they made but like i mean look at this look at this executive team it's like one two three four five six seven eight tesla ex tesla people on this on this board or on the team of executives and then audi rivian volkswagen like this is a this is an all-star team this is the 1998 dream team like like MJ, Scotty Pippen, Magic Johnson, they're all on this team and they're making a great car. And people just got a little ahead of themselves. And depending on what your average is, which if you followed my alert from when I alerted it here at 12 bucks, you should be fine. You should, I mean, like Gator said, you should be just, you should be fine. But if you chased at like 40 or 50 and you're wondering when it's going to come back to 40 or 50, that I don't know, because I mean, even at its current rate, which I did the the pro forma evaluation right now, it's at almost fifty billion dollars, which is almost double what they you know they put out in their investor sides. Um, but a lot of investors learn what pro forma evaluation is this week, and how you know CCIV pipe investors, and then 
I would assume primarily the Saudis and other series funding, you know, made up um, this pro forma ownership. Only 16.1% of CCIV is, or excuse me, only 16.1% of Lucid is CCIV shareholders currently. So just to, to how I did that was by taking that 16.1% and taking the market cap of of CCIV and multiplying it, actually dividing it. See right here. So the seven point nine six billion dollar market cap, <clears throat> excuse me, of CCIV, um, divided by that equals the current evaluation based on that. So um, I think uh, I think we're going to see a little bit of downside to CCIV um, with the you know market being uncertain and stuff like that. I, th- I think we're going to see some more people jump off. It might be a good time to you know start a position, especially if it gets to like the low twenties, because uh, I do see this as a forty fifty dollar stock end of year, depending on how the market does. Um, but I, I linked the investor slides for those who are either a listening offline or you know um, want to go back through this because um, I just grabbed a few. But like, see, here's their other cars, which they're just the different variations of the air um so different trims um as well as in 2023 they're coming out with the gravity which is like a suv i guess and then they got stuff you know further planned out um and this is also something that i did not investigate enough into is that lucid is a, a part of electrify america um i did not know that so that would be um charge point and electric elect because they're partnered they might fall in line with them as well um that's a huge infrastructure as well um so then you always got to know who the partners are and what infrastructure they have when it comes to like a new um disruptive industry i mean you could make a million of these cars but there's nothing to charge them you got nothing so um just wanted to touch ccv because we do see you know pro formas uh, quite a bit honestly um and just the debacle, the just the pure chaos <laughs> that was this week. Um, and if you got caught up in it, I'm sorry I'm being lighthearted about it, but um, it sucks. But always know. Um, but I wanted to talk about some SPACs that were on sale this week. Um, this SPAC hero, always always giving the goods. I love this this website. Hey Rick. Yeah. Do you, you notice that that's kind of standard for how SPACs act in general? Is that there's a run up to the merger, and then at the merger there's uh, a pretty, I mean, not as drastic as a drop off as CCIV had, but just in general. Yeah, I do. Um, <clears throat> kind of notice that, you know, um, you know, it gets hyped up to the merger date, and then there's a drop off, and it off- offers a, a good buying opportunity. Absolutely. And if you get lucky, like with uh, Fisker or, I mean, Fisker was at like $8 post. Yeah, I got that one at nine. Yeah, crazy. And then it like went plus, went 20 plus. And now it's doing pretty good. I mean, I think they're finally pulling stuff together. Um, But yeah, no, the big big days for um, SPACs are pre-merger, if you own pre-merger, and there's a uh, an LOI or, you know, a letter of, of a uh, letter of intent or, you know, a DA signed, you're going to 
you're going to get some good um, gains. And then also there's always like, like another level up and then, and then it starts to trickle down and it starts to trickle down like uh, towards the merger. And sometimes you get those dip and rips that are really nice. Um, but these are all DA. So these are all um, not, not all of them are like binding. Um, but I wanted to highlight a few and um, I know like Gator's very big on eight on Proterra, which is AT eight, AC, right? Right. ACTC. Yeah. I was going yeah, to talk yeah, yeah. about yeah, Go for that. It. They are a powerhouse, man. Uh, in my opinion, I mean, like with that contract that they just got in uh, Maryland, I, I mean, that is a company that I see getting so many contracts in the United States, especially over these next four years, as long as Joe Biden's still in office and the ties that he has to them. Uh, I just. I can't speak enough. And Charmath, like Charmath's in them too. He's invested in them too. I mean, I that is a under the radar powerhouse, in my opinion, that I still don't see too many people talking about. Um, and that's something I suggest a lot of people keep their eye on. I I, I remember before they, you know, came out saying that they're bringing Proterra, Proterra out. I mean, I was pushing it heavy. Um, I I know Rick, you know, I was, and um, <laughs> yeah, I, I just. I'm just that is one stock that I am still holding on to. I didn't sell when it spiked all the way up to almost 30 bucks. I'm still holding on to it. I still have my average. That is something that within the next four years, probably sooner, but while Joe Biden's in office, that thing is going to be moving. I agree. Um, and, and you didn't even mention uh, Granholm. I mean, Granholm's on the board, and she's also the energy secretary under Biden. Yep. So, See, Rick, this is why I keep you around, man. <laughs> she used to be my governor. She she used to be the Michigan governor, so that's why I know her name. Yeah, I was gonna say I knew that Rick too for my Michigan ties. Yeah, Jennifer Grandmall is what we all called her. You know, some middle school humor. Uh, but no, I also am very bullish on them, and I think that its current price of twenty dollars is or twenty dollars and ninety six cents is a is a really good opportunity to buy back in or take an initial um, entry on uh, Proterra. I mean, government contracts, that's what they're going to be about. I mean, they have school buses, they have regular buses. They work, I believe, with um, Wave. Or there's or there's some rumor of Wave wireless charging being involved. Um, I don't know. I So don't take that as a 100% Rick word. I would have to look into that. And, uh, but... They had also Tesla alum. They they have um, multiple manufacturing locations on the West and East Coast. Ties with De- uh, Daimler, uh, they sell so Mercedes, and you know uh, Freightliner is like who they make their or who makes their chassis. So like all good partners to have. Tesla alum, Granholm, you can't beat it. You really can't. I really like them long term. And, you know, they're definitely on the top of my list of, you know, specs that I may enter this next week because I am sitting on some cash. I'm just so like like we talked about earlier with Hawk is, you know, is this the bottom for a little bit? Um, So but I like I like them a lot. And then I also wanted to highlight um, a few others, um, primarily uh, VCVC, which is re re um, automotive. They make a. The skateboard platforms, which if I go down here, 
So they make these things. They make um, these smart, um, manufactured um, drivetrains. I mean, this is their team's also got great talent. You know, rival Tesla, Fisker, um, out of Israel, like I said earlier. And someone just posted in the team talk chat, actually. This is amazing. Um, Israel and the people of Israel, Jewish descent, own the most Nobel Prizes in the world. In my mind, civilization started there. We're close there. I think that all translates. <laughs> and I agree. I totally agree. I mean, so this company has a $3.6 billion valuation. Um, the pipe isn't crazy. Um, I think, let me see, where is it? It says uh, $300 million in pipe, $201 million in cash, so um, $3.1 billion based on uh, projections over the next five years. Um, but I, I don't know of many um, partnerships they have other than the ones that are here. Uh, but it's a really great way to manufacture things. It's a vertical system. Um, and it's very flexible. Just like uh, when Fisker was trying to de deal with like uh, Volkswagen. Um, and they were trying to figure out if they were going to do the skateboard platform with them. And there was a lot of uncertainty. And now they're going with Maga, Magna or whatever. But this is this is what they make. They just make these and you can just you know build around it. Um, and like the technology's there, and right now they're only eleven dollars. Like, if you where's the chart? I put the chart in here for a reason. Um, on the announcement right here, the announcement it went all the way up to sixteen, sixteen and some change. We're back down to eleven bucks. We're back down to pre-merger price almost, or pre-announcement um, price. Um. I'm bullish. I'm I'm very bullish on this company. Uh, ever since they were on my radar um, a couple months ago, um, I know Ivan and I talked about VCVC very briefly, um, you know, privately. And like I told how to, I told him how bullish I was on them. And now that they're you know they are a ticker, um, and you know they have they're going forward public. I think um, this investor slides is something that uh, people should really you know go through. Um, yeah, there's just nothing more to say than bullish. <laughs> I mean, I mean, they work with Workhorse, Goodyear, Bosch, Amazon, Maga Systems. So there you go, right there. That's um, Fisker, right there. So they they they're gonna make Fisker's platform. So Nikola, Hylon, all these huge companies. Uh, they're all in pre-revenue stages right now, so they're still working on getting everything up and going. Uh, but you know, long term, like this, this company is going to be making some of the most critical pieces of EV. And like how Sirens and I have talked back and forth about how copper and electrical and everything goes into this these new platforms. Um, that's what this is. This is this is the, the basis of what a lot of these major companies are going to be using. Um, so it's not, you know, a flashy brand name that you put an emblem on and sell at a dealership, but it's, it's a huge OEM supplier potentially. Um, and I don't think enough people are talking about them. Um, so I like them. 
So if anyone does, it, if anyone knows anything about Ray and has like some fun fact they want to you know state, or um, if not, I'm going to move to the next one. But you know, just go through these things. I think it's I think it's awesome. Um, the other one was Beachbody. There's been a lot of talk about Beachbody. They have a lot of celebrity endorsers, um, like Shaquille O'Neal, um, LeBron James. Um, they're all a part of it. And this slide in particular is what really what, what hooked me is right here. Is there, they want to use you know digital subscriptions like Disney, Spotify, and Netflix. But they also want to connect to like companies like Peloton. Um, it's just a lot of revenue and a lot of really big names. I mean. Like uh, Chewy, Planet Fitness, Fresh Pet, like these are all points of where they're trying to make, you know, money. And, and Beachbody has got a, a good product. I mean, Beachbody is who came out with P90X. Um, Beachbody um, has been around for a while, and they make good. They make uh, a lot of a lot of people use their products. Um, and now that they're going public, and I did not know anything about you know digital their di- uh, digital subscription you know platforms and you know what they were doing. I mean, COVID's made me a little soft, so I haven't been working out as much. So I haven't. I don't. I don't uh, necessarily know everything about them, but again, went up big. Like t- so many Finn Twitters started talking about them. Oh, they're the next big thing, and then we had this down week. And I think I put the chart in here as well, but if not, I will look up the price. But it is, it's again down like crazy good buying opportunity. Yeah, here, like, look at these are the people they work with. Like, these are all huge names, these are all huge in terms of market caps. I mean, Spotify, Netflix, Disney, Peloton alone. I mean, they've all had great COVID times, and even if we are still under a lockdown, their digital subscriptions will pay money if they're connected to Peloton. I mean, Peloton's gone crazy, uh, I, 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 to the point where I don't understand it. And unless someone has a Peloton and they can like tell me why it's so amazing, um, I just don't get it. Um, but the numbers are great; like they they do have a lot of customers. Um, so. Uh, Beachbody is just, I think two weeks ago, maybe a week ago, they, they announced they were going under the ticker FRX. Um, so just another one of those that I wanted to bring to your attention. And I really encourage you to go through some of the slide content and, uh, let's see the pro forma evaluation on this is in here somewhere. Revenue right here. Yep. Okay. So. Um, 550 with a $2.9 billion enterprise value. So they are retaining. So existing shareholders to hold 84% of the pro forma business. So FRX is, um, only doing math in my head. Hold on 16%. So it's the same as CCIV. Um, definitely something that I'm keeping in mind. Um, for Monday morning, even for like a quick bounce swing, because I don't think the people are going to leave. Like, I mean, even use the psychological of uh, factors of FinTwit. You know, so many people are you know pumping this up, um, thinking it was the next big thing. I I don't know how many people requested me to like you know give my 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 uh, opinion on this, um, which and I'm giving it to you guys right now. I think it's a good buy, especially at the 
I think twelve dollar range right now. Hold on, let me let me look it up right now. Um, just give me one second. Don't do that. There we go. Price. It's twelve dollars and sixty-seven cents. Um, so another good buy opportunity in my and back to the slides. Not too far. Okay. So uh there was a couple other ones that I wanted to highlight as well. Um there is This is this is a big question mark. So if anyone knows anything about these guys, I would really like to um would love for people to give voice their opinions. Um but uh where to go? Sorry. Uh, RSVA. Um they're a, an EV manufacturer with, you know, s solar and AI built in. Um so they do or lithium battery, excuse me. Uh, so just another this and this one was uh did well during this last week because i think they just announced the um, merger this week um, but it's another one of those infrastructure plays um leadership you know it's pretty decent bloom energy is a big name and phase is a big name um so another one that's put on my radar i'll probably put out more information on that um f-i-i-i Form merger, if you didn't know, was the company that brought Tattoo Chef public, and now they're 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 taking uh, Electric Last Mile, which is a you know delivery company public. Um, what I like about them is that they are basically down to ten dollars. They're back to the original IPO price. Um, another EV manufacturer. I know they use um they're they're in Europe a lot. Um, they in are in a consortium with FRSX for um, autonomous driving in Europe. It's like the Horizon um, Consortium, I believe it's what it's called. And so last mile delivery is something that we're going to start to see a big turnover here in the next you know, five years um, with, you know, autonomous and EV, you know, coming coming into play. And we see big names like Arrival, um, NGAC. They already have contracts with UPS um, and other big names, but this uh, this one is a like a good swing in my opinion. I mean they they are so low to that ten dollar price, which you know that gives me such good hope on limited downside. Um, so that's another reason why I'm highlighting this one. Uh, right? Um, yep. There's NGAC again. Also again down to that ten dollars and seventy eight cents range. Um, but I mean, they, their truck, they have, uh, their trucks, you know, they have uh, a deal with UPS. Now that's, that's only bullish in my opinion. Their leadership, you know, has really good experience. You know, I mean, Delta, Air France, Virgin Galactic, those are all nice companies. Um, especially a director at Delta Airlines. I mean, that's a, it's a big fish I've ever heard of one. Um, Proterra, like what well, me and Gator talked about earlier. Um, so, 
Spac Hero, man. I can't say enough good things about them. They keep adding more and more features. Um, you get real-time charting in there. You got SEC files in there. He's even putting in um, warrant dates, like when warrants become available. Like VTIQ's warrants become available very soon. Um, I thought it was going to be Friday, but it might be Monday now. Uh, but VTIQ is another one of those companies that I, I mentioned earlier this week about the rumor of them merging with Too Simple. Uh, but I don't. But then Too Simple came out and said they were going to go gen, the general IPO route. It really had me thinking, like, what what's up with their board? Because their board has you know all these investors in Too Simple on it so what does that mean you know like uh, are they going to rearrange the board because maybe that was the original target um, or maybe they have another person in mind uh, maybe a ma- manufacturer you know I don't know um, but VTAQ was the people who brought us Nicola they have Stephen Gursky as the head who if anyone knows about Stephen he was the executive from GM that basically they survived uh, when they fell i think it was 2008 um and they needed a restructure and all those government buyouts and stuff happened um he was at the helm of gm at that time and he's very very well respected i know his his uh his um reputation got a little messed up with the whole trevor milton nicola thing but the money's there um I still, I don't, I don't think any different of the guy, and uh, I, I'm thinking VTIQ is going to have a really good name attached to whoever they decide to merge with. Um, and I originally, you know, I, it seemed like it was it was stupid if it wasn't too simple, just based on the board members. Um, but you know, information changes all the time. Um, but I also noticed uh, is Rocket Man. You there, buddy? Uh, he was here earlier, but yeah, he must have dropped out. Up. Yeah, he's got a couple specs that that are that he covers. Um, the hyper, hyperfacial, and um, paysafe. Paysafe is also down pretty big right now, um, which is a uh, they're saying is like the PayPal blockchain PayPal, which PayPal is now crypto, and they're they're starting to do some of these things. But he's really bullish on paysafe and. Obviously, he couldn't. He dropped out, so he has to. We'll try to get him to talk about it next week. Um, but um, yeah, so SPACs on sale, in my opinion. Um, hey, uh, Hawk, you, what do you got on your radar? Or did he drop out too? Yeah, he did drop. <laughs> All right, I guess it's just me. Gator, you got anything? Hey, what's up? Uh, I got nothing right now. I'm not really. Uh, actually, I got one thing. If you guys, I'll, I'll put you on. I think I might have touched on it last week. So I've been playing a wicked low float stock, man. Uh, ELTK. It just fluctuates like I, I mean, it's like it's a like it's its job, man. The thing goes between ten and fifteen percent. Uh, the float on it is a, is one million. It's so low. It's, it's incredible. That's, that's incredibly low. Yeah, E L T K. All the all this. Yeah, all, all the stuff I've looked up on them. It's it's basically a 
it's 50 50. I mean, there's some good things. There's some bad things. Um, it's, it's just basically something I've just been swinging and turning for profit. I mean, right now, um, I, I was talking to Tyrone about it. I mean, the chat's pretty bottomed out right now. And I mean, it ran up to over $8 a share not that long ago. And then, you know, I think it was on Friday, it ran up, it was down 4% and then ran up, uh, went up to like 15 or something. It went from like 520 to like 640 or something like that. What do they do? They make like uh, computer chips. Got you. What, oh, give me the ticker one last time. E L. TK, sorry, I'm driving. While I, I went out to go grab some food, so I can't. Really <laughs> You're myself. good. Yeah, they're at uh, five dollars and ninety eight cents. Um, yeah, their market cap is only twenty six point one nine million dollars, according to Google. That is microscopic. That is a small ass company. Oh, it's tiny. It's based out of Israel. Today's podcast was brought to you by Israel Technology. <laughs> Literally, man, they got it going on over there. They do. They really do. I I like them. Yeah. So let's see. The highs was about eight bucks, and it has been jumping around. Yeah. All right. That's uh that's worth looking at for sure. It's uh I'm just looking at the the chart right now. Yeah. All right. I'm gonna look into this. I'm gonna I'll, I'll report back. Um, very interesting because that could move really fast if they've got news coming. Um, exactly, and I've just been swinging it like I don't know, probably the past week. Other than when it dipped really bad, uh, well, like when everything did. But yeah. I mean, it's definitely something to keep an eye on. The float is just—it's stupid. Yeah, yeah, just like uh, ideal power. Ex- exactly, Ex- yeah. same thing. Sometimes it does. It has to be a. It's a setup. It's just um, you know, it's it doesn't have to be any rhyme or reason other than the setup, and that's why technicals work. That's how these that's, guys. That's how these yep. guys make those money. Um, yeah, that's why I said it's it's like a fifty fifty with this thing. I mean, there's some good, there's some bad, but I mean, mostly I'm just playing the 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 float on it and the market cap. I mean, literally anything can make this move. Yeah, right. I'm looking. I'm looking at their financials right now. I mean, they have. Wow. I don't know where that's coming from. What? What was that? That was an Adam Finvis. I thought that was like a victory song. I thought that was like, like, like the radio station and something good happened. <laughs> that was... That was fin- that so loud, Rick. I know. I'm sorry, everyone. Uh, so I guess you know that voice. That voice app makes it where, um, uh, wow. yeah. The uh, that was a ad on Finviz that did that. Sorry, guys. That was. That I'm was buying fun. ten grand. I'm buying ten grand on Monday. That was fucking electric. <laughs> all, all charts should be presented that way. <laughs> <laughs> wow. But anyways, what I was gonna say is looking at just looking at the block on Finvis, I mean there's they have some more sales than their market cap. There they have positive income. Uh the price to book sales everything is green. It looks great. Price to earnings is good. EPS forward looks good. Um they're up 
in every category but last week they were down six percent um short float they're short as nothing shorted i mean 4.38 million shares outstanding is what it's what it calls for here that's nothing wow Here. Uh, this is their last PR as of the 18th. They okay, so they're a global manufacturer of supplier of techno technological advanced solutions in the field of printed circuit boards. Okay, so they make. Oh, okay. One of their their main producers is for Dupont, which is huge. Jeff Gordon, Dupont. Remember 24. Uh how i remember things uh but yeah all right well i'm gonna definitely look into this and maybe next week we do a nice little spotlight on them um but i think uh, i want to talk about this week's which is borks technology um the it's a very interesting play they're a chinese company so take that as you will i've seen a lot of really positive stuff about them just in sentiment wise when it comes to the twitter world um uh, but they have a pretty small market cap of only $70 million. They're in the IoT 5G. Um, they're actually in a lot of spaces um, when it comes to what they do as a techn technology company. Uh, very disruptive, you know? Um, so what I, what I really want to highlight here is that it was at $3 at its peak before this red week happened. Um, and, you know, this week... On good news, they finally they they converted all of their debt to to notes, so they have no debt on their books anymore. They got rid of all their senior debt, um, so that that looks really great for the books. Uh, they have they, there was twenty million dollars, um, they're they're due in two years at an eight percent rate. Um, the the here's their fin fizz block that I, I was just looking at on the other one ticker, um. $80 million in sales income obviously needs to improve, um, big time. Uh, but their EPS forward looks good. Their returns on, you know, on equity and an investment aren't bad. Uh, but they had a shit week. Like after all of that bullishness and all the, maybe it was just all pump. Um, they were down 34% this week. Um, which to me, like, is an over, it's like over or overcorrect, overcorrection. Yeah, overcorrection is the word I want to use. So uh, it fell more than its peers. It fell um, not on bad news. It fell on just the market. Um, not not too high in the shorts. Uh, relatively low float. Uh, this is the swing trading bot. You know, this is an aid that I use all the time. Um, it. it um is amazing it really is it's free you can get the intraday for 20 bucks i just use the free but it but it catalogs and and uh, every technical um, alert that it does like uh it's bearish on the 20 day uh dma resistance and you know just it's really nice it gives it a nice grade um and like a charts do pr perform like a charts and d charts do you perform like D charts? I believe this has a C grade. Um, just, and I can, you can actually look at the history as well um, of those grades. Uh, I should have provided those, but you know, on the short term, it's down, but the intermediate and long term, it is still bullish. 
Um, and then friend friend of the server, uh, Ferocious Ed, which if you don't follow Ferocious Ed, he is he is a great DDer. He does really good technical analysis and really good overviews on these plays um, or on what he does. And, and he actually takes requests mostly. So he does what the people wants, the man for the people. Um, it's like a five minute video. It's it's really informative. Um, definitely worth checking out. Um, but what do they do? I mean, they, they work in machine to machine. They do infrastructure to, inf- to vehicle to infrastructure for autonomous driving. So basically that's the 5G signals from cameras or um, any sort of sensors that will ping to a car and then it'll ping back. Um, they do smart city stuff. They do um, they, a virtual mobile operator, which which means like... Uh, they use the 5G waves or Wi-Fi waves to promote phone calls and stuff like that. Um, they do uh, smart app, smart fridges and other um, appliances, uh, smart watches for children. That's like their there's like their biggest thing that they had going. Um, but they but at the end of the day, they they're just a connectivity company. They connect things to other things. Um, they work with the Android market, not the iOS market. Um, but they have some really interesting partnerships, um, like their partnerships with like chips. I mean, you got all the people you want to see here, uh, the organizations, Android, Firefox, you know, that's, those are some nice names. Uh, WAC is a really big name. Um, but then the terminals that they work with, I mean, we got our friends, Sonom Technologies here. We got, you know, Huawei, which is, you know, it's a. It's a double-edged sword with Huawei. Huawei is, you know, banned in America, but um, they basically duplicated the, you know, everything that we ever made with Apple. They're a huge tech, tech, technology companies worth billions of billions of dollars. Um, but all these names are the names you want to see. Like they, they have they have services with AT and T, uh, Verizon, Vodafone, Sprint, Amazon. I mean, that's just great. Um, these three right here of china mobile uh, telecom and unicorn china mobile was one of the ones that uh one of the tickers that trump tried or is taking off the market um but at the end of the day they have some great ties they're in the right industry um they're in a disruptive technology they're currently down um and and to my from what I can tell, down a little bit more than they should be. Um, there's definitely some question marks when it comes to um, their products, when it comes to you know converting on sales and you know getting good revenue streams up. Um, something they don't have really yet, um, but they're an early stage development company. Um, they've has been around a while, and you know there's some good sentiment on on the market, whether that's all pump. Or not, I don't, I don't know, um, but this could be a really good swing opportunity to see if it jumps right back up into that two dollar range. Take your profits and leave. You know, it's a nice little twenty five percent. But uh, yeah, I, I just think uh, I'm probably going to be buying some of this on Monday. To be honest, uh, I just don't see why it would drop thirty five percent after they eliminated all of their debt over the past month. And this isn't just the only one; they also Got rid of like fourteen other million dollars, um, and another uh, PR that was like a week previously. Um, they have a 
outstanding uh, contract with um, a manufacturer in China. Uh, Ed goes goes into it um, pretty in depth in this video. Uh, it just seems like this is a very bullish time to buy them. I'm um, not necessarily market sentiment wise, but bullish in the fact that um, it's one of those disrupting technologies. Um, so uh, I just wanted to highlight Borks. Um, and now the week ahead. Um, so I put on here on the right side, this is my current watch list, I guess you could say. Um, not including the ones that I talked about today. These were the ones coming into this into today. I mean, I did add Borks, I guess. Um, but uh, Soul, still really bullish on Soul. I mean, it was just at like 35 bucks not too long ago. Um, definitely got over overinflated, but they have really bullish stuff coming out of this company they they are finishing up their second factory in france they have municipal deals with poland um and uh, australia and a couple other countries uh, in europe for solar um they get all their panels um from china um or they're a distributor i guess you could say uh but uh okay earnings you know last earnings wasn't great but there was a huge dump afterwards because people well, i guess were expecting more um but I, I i really do think long-term soul is a great spit place to put my money um neo's down below 50 dollars. i think that anytime neo is below 50 dollars, it's a good buy um i like xping i i think uh i think i like neo a little bit more than i like xping especially at the current prices but if uh, XPEN gets to, or XPEV, or whatever you want to call them, gets below 30, I think that'd be a really good buying opportunity. Um, and then Borks, you know, I put them. Uh, but uh, so these are my longs. Uh, you all know that. Uh, my current swing. Um, Viper. Let's take a second to talk about Viper. Now there's some people asking about it. Um, I wanted to bring up that in the chats, um, some. They po or they tweeted, excuse me. They tweeted about um, some contract in LA. Chat right now. Um, and then someone on Twitter found a you know post and posted it saying like, oh here they are. Um, but that that's not the case. That is Viper um, image. And Viper Image is a part of uh, Flare or Flare, which is uh, one of the largest thermal camera companies in the world. And they're the ones actually partnered um, with Foresight, Foresight for their um, quad-site cameras. So the Foresight's cameras are Flare. They use uh, their technology, uh, their AI. So I just wanted to make a note. And so it's on the record that people know that is not accurate and so that brings up even more red flags for me in my brain why when we've seen the ceo Fareed talk to people on twitter and like correct them and you know add comments or answer questions he didn't say anything to that um so i don't like that like it's okay to like say yep that's right that's bullish but like when false information is foot in front of you and you don't refute it as a ceo that just does that just sounds crooked to me i mean just just in a general sense um i see you see it with you know more than just um 
people like Viper. But, you know, for a company that I'm really just, I just want you to be real. I want you to be who you say you are and have the contracts and the, the revenue that you say you will. Um, that doesn't help your cause in my mind. You know, there's plenty of other people that are still looking at this. I know there's a few people that are still in it. Um, and just like I said in the chat, that Viper is a toxic ex. You want to move on, but you keep looking. And I'm still looking. And I think that they will get current. And I think there's going to be some nice gains to be had with that. Um, right now, there's still only a limited amount of platforms that offer Viper um, to buy on the exchange. So um, even with that, just playing that psychological, like you have early bird tickets to the Viper show um, per se, um, and you can just sell at profits when you know the n numbers are announced. Uh, what their SEC filings are going to look like or what their financial filings are going to look like is a complete, huge, utter, I don't know, question mark. It could either be like extremely bad or, yeah, okay. In my opinion, I don't think it's going to be great. Um, I don't think they're going to all of a sudden post billions of dollars onto their balance sheet, throwing all this crazy revenue. Um, but could they have a lot of debt? Maybe. Could they, you know, they've seemed to be only been doing test pilots. You know, they've only been prototyping their stuff. Um, and then also, if you look in the chat, um, one of our members put out there, email with Farid about the IP of what their IP is. Um, basically it says like, we're just what they've always said about the company espionage and how they don't trust people and um, that they've been screwed over before. And so right here, um, they've been doing lights for almost nine years, wife, a camera, whatever. Um, so it's just a little bit of the same. Uh, so I, I don't, I'm still, I still have them hugely on watch just because of the potential involved in what they're doing is awesome, but there are other companies doing, um, they're not alone and being able to, I mean, I think at the beginning we were all hippy dippy going crazy about, uh, you know, 73 million polls worldwide. I don't, I don't see how that happens um, right now. I mean, did, could it? Sure. But there's, there's enough people in this space. I mean, even like Borks Technologies, like I just kind of highlighted, they're kind of in this space when it comes to the infrastructure and how the 5G internet and the, the networks talk with other, you know, other things, you know, IoT. Um, but I just don't... Uh, I still think they're just trying to paint a great, beautiful picture for us to look at and uh, not necessarily what the true state is. I mean, they're trying to get investors involved, um, which I get, but I'm trying to be smarter than that. I'm okay with, you know, um, waiting until after a um, filings are done um, and I can see what they're actually worth. Um, because at like 10 cents, they're worth, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars, which, you know, that's half of what ideonomics is worth. That's, that's about what Foresight Automotive is worth. And these guys are, in my opinion, you know, farther along, I've seen their product or you know, they've won awards for their product. Um, 
they have big names attached to their products. Um, Viper, not so much. I want to buy, I want to believe, but I'm still holding off. Um, on March 4th, we got the Ideonomics Wave Conference. Uh, I don't believe it's a free to free to view. I think you have to actually buy um, a ticket. Um, I'll look into that further because if, if I could stream it here in the server, I will. Um, but it'll be interesting to see the BYDs on the board, um, on that panel board. Um, so you know, Wave, BYD, Ideonomics, and I think Roth Capital are the people discussing things. Um, that's really interesting, just based on you know, partnerships and um, stuff like that. I don't know if we're going to see an announcement or a PR or about due for one, you'd think. Uh, but to the to my knowledge, I'm just going to take it as a another day at the office, another conference, and hope um, that I get a surprise. Um, still not selling, not bullish as all can be. But I think Earth Day is going to be where I put most of my focus and you know and earnings. I don't expect earnings to be great. Um, but I hope they're, I mean, they're going to have no debt on their books anymore. They eliminated that and they should have like $350 or 350 million cash on hand, which will look nice. But when it comes to revenue, um, the big thing I'm going to be looking at is cost of revenue to see how, how much it has taken them to, you know, do what they have done. Uh, cause that's been like one of the biggest bearish question marks is, you know, like profit margins and operating costs of this technology what they're doing um so the that's the biggest thing i'm looking forward to um and that's at the end of the march uh, we have the unemployment update on thursday and we get that every thursday i don't expect it to be any better um so but just keep an eye out on that i didn't see anything else in the economic uh, calendar that was really worth mentioning um i get outside of you know if stimulus gets improved um but uh, yeah, anyone have any questions, comments, concerns? All right, no. But Monday, we got Workhorse, which if you've been following Workhorse, they fell terribly because they didn't get the U the uh, USPS contract. You know, it was what everyone was banking on since the minute I've known about uh, Workhorse. They're actually one of the the options that I've gotten one thousand percent returns on. Um, there was the same week I got 1000% returns on Neo. It was back, back in like the spring, like, no, it was middle summer. Uh, but I'm going to be watching both workhorse and Neo Neo more specifically, just because they are down so much. They've been doing a lot of fundraising of money. They've, you know, they had Neo day with all these, you know, cool, shiny toys, um, It'll be really interesting to see where they are, and if they do fall on earnings, it could be a really, really good buying opportunity for Neo. Um, and like I said earlier, with covered calls, get in at like thirty-five bucks, you can make some pretty good money on a covered call um, while you wait for them to rebound. And I, I am long-term bullish on Neo. They have too much, too much backing from you know, not even the Chinese government, but uh, partners and their product is beautiful. Uh, Someone slipped a picture of, of a Neo um, with a United States license plate on it. So is Neo coming to the Ameri coming to America? And if so, where can I buy one? Because the ES6 and ES8 is just one of the most beautiful SUVs I've ever seen in my life. 
Um, and they, I don't know, I've seen a lot of people, a lot of videos comparing Neo and Tesla and a lot of people like Neo better. Um, I mean, there are European guys that were doing this, uh, but Neo seems to be the real deal, real product. They have good sales for, they're a little bit of an overweight for their sales, but you compare it to Tesla and sales, they're doing all right. Uh, yeah. And then workhorse, like I said, the, they had a huge drop and I don't expect this, this, uh, ER to be good. I mean, their last few have been terrible. Um, so it could be a buying opportunity if it's, you know, something, um, I mean, they've gone from $42 to, you know, they could go below 10, you know, hypothetically, like, I don't think they'll go to 40 anytime soon, but you know, 15, 20, possibly a nice little swing. Um, so that's what I'm looking at Monday morning when it comes to uh, Monday for earnings. Um, but there's some pretty decent sized names, you know, FUBU TV's got a lot of, has, has a lot, had a lot of, um, talk uh, out of the Atlas server and other servers, um, over Twitter, huge short rate and a lot of drama involved. So I'll probably stick out of that, but, um, looking at it for sure. Snowflake, um, that was an IPO that happened. That's, that's, um, big data. Um, but then Vroom, uh, Vroom's had done, done really well since they IPO'd. Uh, Costco. I mean, some of these, if you're into, into some big, uh, blue chips, there's some pretty decent opportunities, um, to maybe get some falls, um, or get some bad earnings or, you know, playing Costco. I mean, Costco, I'm sure is going to probably post pretty good earnings. It might be a nice little day trade, you know, but it's just some ideas. And that's about it. And that's, um, that was that is today's talk. If anyone's got any like just randomized questions they want to ask me or any anything that was uh talked about by anybody else who's spoken up, um I just want to make this like a open free time for us to chit chat, um, answer any server questions, any um market questions, whatever. So does anyone have any questions? There's one thing I just wanted to bring up real quick. It's um is I don't know if Rocket Man's still in here or not, but it's uh not. Yeah, but all those insider buys on AESE, man. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's that good. is something I've been tracking because of Rocket Man, uh, and I, I really am liking what I'm seeing. I just wanted to throw that out there before we wrap this. No, up. that's a that's a really good point. Um, I think I think they said seven hundred and thirty percent increase this quarter in uh, investor buying, and tons Bananas. of cash on hand. Bananas. Yeah. For sure. That might be a great one to pick up. I mean, I do have like 500 shares, I think. I don't have that much of it. Um, but it could be a really good pickup. I mean, it is down a little bit. It actually held really well through this red. Yeah, I'm actually very shocked. I mean, even right now, if people jumped into it, I mean, my average is like 225 or something like that. And I thought that was a solid average. And then when I saw it dip back to near the twos, I was like, ugh. But I'm probably going to be blowing a bag on that on Monday, man, depending on if it, like, goes crazy or not or if it's – I mean, if it goes past the average I have now, I'll probably leave it alone. But if it stays around 2 bucks, I'm going to be throwing a good chunk of cash at that on Monday. Blowing a bag. You know the vibes. <laughs> Never heard of that, but I know what you mean. Uh, yeah, no, I think it, I think there's a lot, like, a lot of long-term – 
um, bullish sentiment to this because I remember when I brought this up with Rocket Man, uh, he was like, "Oh, I think it's a swing." But since then, we've had so much more and you know investment into this company from institutions. Um, Same. I was on the same exact page as you guys. I was just using it as a swing. I'm pretty sure Skip said the same exact thing. And, then, yeah. and now it's like getting a little bit more real. Yeah. I, I, it could be, you know, I don't know what they're doing. I mean, I do know what they're doing and I, it, it is a market that is, you know, has tons of room ahead. Um, you know, I think I've spoken to esports being huge worldwide. It's not necessarily in the United States. There's a lot of growth. I'm forecasted in that uh but it, it seems like this institution is getting behind it now and you know getting rid of the wpt but still retaining like i think recommend said five percent of whatever the profit is you know part of the deal and they got you know 68 million dollars cash money um to be able to expand their their business to buy another you know arena or rent out an arena space or whatever you know because it's what they're doing in la it just opens up a lot of a lot of opportunities for them and that, i i agree i mean they're set up right now with the cash on hand and all these institutional buys i mean they just have their setup is is perfect for them to do something you know i don't know what it could be but it, they, yeah it, they have something yeah, I agree. I agree. It, it it may not be a couple of weeks. It may be a couple of months until we really hear out of them what their you know big plan is. Um, but I don't really see much you know downside. I don't see this going below you know a dollar anytime soon, or even a dollar fifty. Um, I, I think this is a good floor to get in um, around this low two dollar range and. Maybe get lucky and get high high ones, you know, based on what what the market does. But you know, let's you know go forward six months. And I don't think this is a two dollar stock six months from now. I think this could be a five to ten dollar stock. That's what I, Rick. You do exactly what I do, man. I I look down the line six months, and I'm like, is this going to be in the same spot? And then I look up everything about it. And I'm like, I just don't see it happening. I I see it going a lot. I, I agree. I don't know how parabolic it'll be, how quick it'll be, but I'm fine with slow, slow gains. I wish I could sell covered calls, but they don't have options yet. <laughs> but no, it's it's another one of the ones that you just want to accumulate, you know, as you can. Yeah, but your PT, I, I agree with that. Between five and 10 is realistically what I was thinking too. Yeah. I mean, I would have to look at, you know, what they're trying to do. I mean, I know what they are doing, and it's not, you know, COVID really dicked him over with like live yeah. in-person stuff, which is fine, yeah. but obviously they've got the attentions of big money. And so obviously they're doing something right that maybe we just haven't identified yet, but follow the whales, you know, that's a, that's a, a really good um, philosophy when investing. That's it, man. So. Yeah, no, that's a great point. I'm glad you brought that up. Let me actually do a once over the server right now and see um, what I've missed. Oh, I wanted to bring up uh, this week, probably Wednesday. Yeah, Wednesday is probably a good day. I want to do a end all be all question and answer ideonomics chat where 
we ask you can ask any question offline online i'll make like a little like submit form and i'm gonna go through every single one of my um, dds that i've done on substack and put it into this like new format where like each one and then bullet points and stuff like that but then also answer everybody's questions the, to the best of my abilities or give my assessment or my opinion and put it all on the record one time for everybody and so i want to do that like this week and i think uh i think there's plenty of people on twitter that will probably want to ask me some questions because i get so many questions about it still daily which is fine i like i like it because it makes me learn if i don't know um but i think that'd be something that a lot of people here in the server uh, could enjoy and ask questions and stuff like that but at the same time um just get at every like i would love to do it for every single one of like my longs like i do a day on you know, sonom systems do a day on um and uh cirque and you could just do that i think that'd be a good way for people to be able to like intro introduce themselves to different tickers especially within here um where like if you're a new member or you're like oh i don't know what this is oh here's like a 45 minute discussion on it and if if we can make it entertaining enough and i might try to get some you know some special guests maybe i can get like cam stocks or you know why trades to join me and we can do a little Q and A. Maybe I'll get DD Bay to come in and be like, "Let's play. Let's let's debate That'd be it." Awesome. That would be amazing. It would be amazing. Um, so if DD Bay hears this, you're invited. Um, so I, it's just something I want to add. You know, just as another way of because I know sifting through a lot of these message chats can be like, "Where where's my meat and potatoes?" And like, if we do is these discussions and. You know, I, I've talked to some of the, the commanders about you know, doing like uh, just different subjects and different topics um, where we just have like a conversation for like an hour. I'm kind of like a podcast and, you know, and answer questions related to the subject and have people be able to listen in live and ask questions or listen to it offline. I think it's just another avenue for people to learn, observe, and then come back to us with questions. So. I'm open to any ideas. I'm just trying to curate better content for you guys. Um, and since, it's, since, it was, ugh, since it was such a red market this week, you know, I didn't want to just pump air, you know, like there wasn't, it was nothing. I was nothing to really talk about other than current events. So um, I hope uh, people enjoyed today, you know, got, got a good sense of you know, some opportunities um, learned a little bit more about cover calls and I think I'm not going to leave that alone and I'm going to continue until everyone in the server is selling covered calls because I think it's just a dynamite way to make a little bit of money um, so any final thoughts before we get off today um, I hold the, the, the recording so I will get it up um, pretty quickly um, so you can expect to see that on the YouTube and today at some point All right, guys. Thanks. All right. Have a good one. Yep.